Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And with that, we welcome you inside of Studio 34. This is the BFFs. He is Frank Stanfield. I am Greg Sussman. Hey, what's happening? Reggie, happy Tuesday to you. Ready to talk some baseball. Are you ready? I'm ready, man. I'm ready to talk some baseball. I know that you've been slowly ramping it up. Baseball research here, Greg. Uh, that was like in an ideal world, Frank. <laughs> I wouldn't say it like it has happened. So basically, since the last time we were here on the show, you've... Yes, uh, yesterday? Yeah. Right. No. No. I had the tab... <laughs> Nothing baseball related. So I had the tab open, and then when this morning when I was doing basketball research, I then closed the tab. Oh. No, you can't do two sports at once. I, I, it's... it's <laughs> Not too much going on, man. You have a lot going on. How'd you sleep last night, buddy? Dude, Any I, nightmares? No, I slept like the best I've slept in a very long time. Out like a light. I woke up just like refreshed and like happy. Like I had this like peace over me. And now it's gone. Oh my God. I couldn't be farther <laughs> gone. It could not be farther How gone. long did that last? It lasted until about, what time was it? Uh, it was all good. 9 a.m. I filmed the NBA. That was cool. Then I went upstairs. Hey, I got to do some do the MSG stuff. I got to do, and about nine twenty seven. I want to say I got the first call. I believe I counted. I've had twelve calls today, um, so it quite terrible. So that was all basically before I was here. So right. I'm not to blame. So I'm, oh no, I'm no, happy about that. I, I've said about eight words to you today. <laughs> You're not That's to blame, so, but I slept great. Like I said, very peaceful. I had this a great peace of mind. Um, and then it went away. Now I'm, I'm troubled again. All right, well, I'll try to pick you back up here, Greg. We'll talk some fantasy baseball. We'll talk about the Reds, their lineup, who's the odd man out. We wanted to get to Nick Castellanos yesterday, but with everything going on, so obviously, much our uh, tribute to Kobe Bryant, remembering the late Kobe Bryant, uh, and then the Starling Marte trade comes in, and the Phillip Rivers news breaks. Uh, there was a lot happening yesterday, so hopefully we can basically uh, go through this entire Reds lineup from awesome. top to bottom and, and figure out who we like, who we don't, everything in between. Involving the Cincinnati Reds. Johnny Wincott's going to join us to talk about the Reds coming up a little bit later on in the program. And uh, he does some stuff for MLB, does some stuff at Stony Brook. So he's going to be, um, he's going to be uh, an analyst for us and hopefully help us out with maybe the Reds' win total, maybe some of these guys that he likes in fantasy baseball. So he'll join us a little bit later on in the program. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So I don't want to waste time because uh, I don't want to say we wasted all this time yesterday, but <laughs> we didn't get to all these things we wanted to get to. So... 
Let me start with Nick Castellanos in general. So has a four-year, $64 million contract with Cincinnati Reds with an opt-out after year one and an opt-out after year two. Just in case he has, A, an amazing year. B, the Reds really suck. He doesn't want to be on the team anymore. He can get out of it. And Castellanos is the last major free agent to sign. You thought for a while he'd end up in Texas. You thought for a while he'd end up with San Francisco. Instead, it's on to Cincinnati, which... Felt like a weird fit, given all of what they have done this offseason, all of who their seemingly budding stars are. I didn't really get the fit. Yeah, it is a weird fit, uh, especially defensively, too. It seems like this team is uh, going the route of the Milwaukee Brewers. It makes sense. Basically punting defense here. They have Mike Moussakis playing second. They have Nick Castellanos in the outfield, uh, someone who typically grades out as one of the worst defensive outfielders in baseball year in and year out. But... For fantasy baseball purposes, we don't care about defense, Greg. And and when you look at the offense for Nick Castellanos, he's entering his age 28 season, and he's been pretty damn consistent, right? Absolutely. He does what he does, and now he is hitting in the best ballpark that he ever has uh, as a full-time player. Last year when he went over to Wrigley, uh, you saw his numbers really take off, but uh, hitting in the Great American Small Park is much better than hitting in Comerica. It's a pretty good lineup. He's going to bat right in the middle of that lineup. There's going to be a bunch of... RBI opportunities for Castellanos this year. And I mentioned the consistency. Look, 285-plus batting average in three of his last four seasons between 23 and 27 home runs uh, each of the past three seasons. A 42% hard contact rate, three-plus seasons. Since he has become a full-time player in 2015, he has a 25.6% line drive rate. That is 13th among all qualified hitters. So he is what he is. He's a professional hitter. It's line drives. Makes hard contact, terrible fielder, pretty good hitter. And yeah. for where he's going in fantasy, you know, around pick 110 yep. in the NFBC ADP, I think that's fine. That's really good value, I think, actually. Now that I, yep. It's so, probably uh, going to climb a little bit now that he's in Cincinnati. So I'm thinking of like 12-team leagues, right? You're telling me I can get him around 9, right? Is that what that equates to? Yep, that's correct. That seems like really good value for the stats that you just laid out here. And Nick Castellanos is what he is at this point in his career. And you, you said it perfectly, Frankie. And I don't care about the defense. I just care that he, as he's gotten older, he plays every day. He gets into slumps. Like, everybody gets into slumps. But Castellanos is good. And, and they just spend money on him. The Reds don't normally spend money. They have spent more money now, in this right? offseason than ever before. Yeah. Signing Mike Moustakis, signing Shogo Akiyama, signing Wade Miley, and now signing Nick Castellanos as well. So this is the most money that they've ever spent in an offseason and it looks like they're trying to compete a little bit here in the National League Central. And I think they'll be able to. I, I, I'm intrigued by their pitching staff. And I think their lineup is pretty good as well. I think it's funny because last year we sat here in February and March. And I'm trying to figure out the outfield for Cincinnati, right? Because you had Matt Kemp. You had Yasiel Puig. You had Jesse Winker. You had Scotty Shevler. You had... There's one more I'm missing. One of those guys is always there. Senzel wasn't up yet. Yeah, Senzel wasn't up yet. It was, we probably had him in the back of our minds. There was one other guy that was there also. I'm forgetting who it is now, of course. But uh, They have Philip Irvin now. I don't know. No, if he probably wasn't in the mix. No, it was, it was somebody else who I think they wound up releasing. Now, I can't remember. I can look at their opening day lineup last sure. year. But the, the point was, we didn't know how it was going to fit. And that's really how I feel. Except with the Castellanos. When you give somebody $64 million, he's going to be he's out there play. every single day. And maybe, hey, they, they've said... Um, Yesterday, that he's going to play corner outfields. He's going to play first base, maybe a little third base. I mean, there, he had him everywhere on that diamond, which is only good for fantasy owners to get that increased eligibility from a Nick Castellanos, a guy that has been really consistent over his last three years, right? 20, essentially 25 home runs every year, 
batting close to 280, an on-base percentage that's pretty good. You named you named um, all of these great attributes here that Nick Castellanos provides. I think to get him in the ninth round, it just seems like really good value and a really good ballpark for a guy that plays 150 games now every year over his last three years. And I always thought he could take that next step, right? He always reminded but, me a little bit of Freddie Freeman, right? As like a line drive hitter. I always thought that he could take that next step. And we saw it a little bit once he joined the Cubs last year, Greg. From yeah. August 1st yep, on, yep, yep. he batted 321 with a 646 slugging percentage, 16 home runs in just 51 games. We've never seen a pace like that out of Nick Castellanos. Now, mind you, there was the juice ball last year, but he did raise his hard contact during that stretch. He raised his fly ball rate as well. Uh, both of those marks were over 40% with the Cubs. So maybe playing with a team that can contend for a wild card is something that can motivate Nick Castellanos and we can get a career year out of him. I'll name some of the players going around Castellanos. We'll continue talking about the Reds on the other side of this. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Fangraphs slows down over here. This is Fangraphs and ESPN. I, it's awful. Incredibly frustrating. I'm sorry. I know it's well on my computer, man. I get your computer game up, Greg. Oh, I got a new one recently. Maybe you can get uh, Big Boss Mike Cardano to expense a new laptop. Look, you got to be able to work, right? He probably will. But then I got his eye on the last. And like... <laughs> you got to uh... step it up, Greg. You can't have ESPN Fangraphs slowing it down. I have, let's see, I have two, four, six. I have eight Fangraphs tabs open right now. And it's flying. Computer's running perfectly fine. Just flying along. Sorry, bud. All right, so Nick... Uh, Nick Castellanos going around Reese Hoskins, going around Michael Conforto, going around uh, Oscar Mercado as well, Wilson Contreras, if you want to look at a catcher. According to the NFBC, over the last 10 days or so, your boy uh, Miel Snow is also in this range. How do you think Castellanos fits? My first glance at it, I like this range. I like these guys. I, I want them. Um, how much do they go for an auction? What do you think of these, of these guys here? And that's going around like the ninth round-ish or so in 12-team leagues. Yeah, so going around that ninth-ish, tenth-ish round range as well, I think these are going to be your classic uh, teen players in terms of auctions. You're probably going to get these guys for you know, around $15 in auctions. And I'm with you. I like this range. And they all give you something different, right? It's kind of hard to just... Uh, place one of them ahead of the other. It depends what you need at that point in the draft, right? Castellanos, rock solid, going to give you 25 to 27-ish home runs. He's going to give you 80-plus runs, 90-plus RBIs hitting in the middle of that Reds lineup. Uh, but he's also going to give you a good batting average. So if that's what you need at this point in the draft, then uh, I like where he's going here. He's going to hit 280-plus. I think that's pretty safe and maybe even room for that to be higher now that he's hitting in, again, the best ballpark of his career yep. in the Great American Ballpark. Reese Hoskins gives you something completely different. You know, he's going to be a, a drag on your batting average, but he's going to give you over 30 home runs and drive in over 100 RBIs because of the hitting in the middle of the Phillies lineup. And it's a really good ballpark there as well. And, you know, when it comes to Michael Conforto, there's a little bit of a trade-off there. I don't think he's that dissimilar from Castellanos, but you lose about 20 to 25 points of batting average and you gain 
five to seven home runs with Conforto. So you have to weigh the trade-off that you want. It just it comes down to what you need at that point in the draft. But I think that this is a good range to get Nick Cassianos. And again, it wouldn't surprise me if he starts to move up a little bit closer to that 100 range now that he's in Cincinnati. A lot of us be picked apart. Um, Andy is game of playing every day in Cincinnati in this Reds lineup, which is going to be pretty good. We'll get into it in just a moment. I think you're going to see him creep up, Frank, and, and rightfully so, uh, as we both mentioned here. All right. So... In this outfield, alongside Nick Castellanos, there's a lot of names. Now, it may not be my man Scotty Shebs, or it might not be Jesse Winker, but there's more names, Frank. There's more guys that we were excited about, and now I, I don't think you, you can be nearly as excited. They signed, what's his name out of Japan? Shogo Akiyama. They signed Shogun outside, out of Japan. They have the uh, Dominican or Cuban Babe Ruth on their team. Aristides Aquino. Right. The right. Punisher. They still have Sick just, nickname. They got Nick Senzel, their top prospect. One of the top prospects in baseball a year ago at this time. He gone. Well, he's not gone yet. He gone. And they still have Jesse Winker. So, Frank, I named five guys. What? Aquino is out of the Dominican Republic. I was right the first time, right? <laughs> Dominican Babe Ruth, like I said. I was, you know, solidifying that it was. I was confident. It wasn't one of the DR or Cuba. Uh, it was, it was, it was, Dominican, was? It was Dominican, Dominican or Cuba. I wasn't sure which one. There you go. So, Aristides Aquino, Shogo, Winker, Senzel, Castellanos. That's five guys. There's only three spots. At first base, Joey Votto was there. Pretty entrenched. But he, fine. He's pretty entrenched there, though. Right? There's nothing like, he's not going anywhere. So, my... My question, Frank, is who's playing every day? How does this affect their draft status? Let me start. We already did Castellanos. I want to start with Nick Senzel. This is the dude that's top prospect, one of the top prospects in baseball at this time last year. A year later, we're just giving up on him? Yeah, so right now he's going around pick 208 in NFBC ADP. And personally, I feel like he's going to be on his way out here. I think they're going to look to, to ship out Nick Senzel uh, because of the, all the moves that they've made, right? It's They signed Shogo Akiyama out of uh, Japan, and they expect him to play center field most of the time uh, with the Cincinnati Reds. And now Nick Castellanos is going to play every day in left field. Now, I guess there's a chance they can move Senzel back to the infield. infield. Yep. I haven't read anything about that actually happening, and it seems like by all accounts they've wanted to... Uh, make him an outfielder, and they've wanted to stick to that. So uh, he just seems like one of the odd men out right now, and he hasn't been able to stay healthy, right? Uh, you know, he his prospect pedigree is massive, right? He was, you know, he was one of the most sought after prospects in baseball. He was, uh, you know, coming into last year, one of the top ten prospects in all of baseball. And the hit tool is legitimate when it comes to Senzel. But last year, torn labrum. Uh, the year before that, when he was in the minors, he he dealt with another another injury. I don't remember what it is uh, as of now. But we have doubts as to whether or not he's even going to be able to start the season because he had that surgery in September for the torn labrum. So uh, you have doubts about his health. Um, even last year, it was his first year in the majors, 12 home runs, 14 stolen bases, 256, 315, 427, uh, triple slash. 40% hard contact in the majors uh, is great. Uh, and in the minors, he put up massive numbers as well. Career 895 OPS in the minors. But it just seems between the health and all the moves that the Reds have made, they either don't want him to play every day or they're going to try and find a trade 
partner for Nick Senzel. And obviously the one that's been thrown out the most is uh, potentially Francisco Lindor. Obviously the Reds would have to add more to that package, uh, but that is what's being floated about right now regarding Nick Senzel. Yeah, absolutely. And you're going to have to keep an eye on, on Twitter and on Roto World because you're hearing Senzel's name bandied about everywhere. Now, what will the Reds improve? As you mentioned, they spent money on their outfield. They spent money in their starting pitching. Certainly the relief core could use some... Um, could use some reinforcements, but I have to imagine every team in the league would want their piece at Nick Senzel, who was not like failed top prospect. He's been in the majors for like 50 games. Pretty sure it's more than 50 games, Greg. It was like 50 games, Frank. Yeah, look, it was it was a small sample last year, and again, he wasn't terrible uh, last year. You know, in his Fangraphs is a load for me. Age 23, he turned 24 season last year. 104 games. I wasn't he played so 104 far games. Off. Look, only double what Greg said. Exactly. Last year. But he does have a power speed component to his game. 12 home runs, 14 stolen bases, 55 runs scored uh, in 104 games. You know, over the course of a 162 game season, you're looking at a player that would be close to a 2020 player, someone that can give you 80 runs scored, a seven percent walk rate is fine. 24% strikeout. Uh, it's a little above league average. Not egregious by any means. You're right, Greg. He still has a ton of upside. But if the Reds had faith in him, why would they make all the moves that they've made? You know, I agree. It just doesn't really add up. It feels like they might be discounting him a little bit too quickly. I agree. But everything that I've read and heard regarding Senzel and the Reds is that they are worried about the health. They're worried about the shoulder coming back off this torn labrum. So you'll have question marks there. Um, it seems like a weird time to try and trade him because obviously you're selling low uh, based on the prospect status that he had. But I think there's enough smoke here, Greg, where I'm not going to be targeting Nick Senzel in, in many of my drafts. It's not even smoke, right? There's just no piece in the puzzle for him. That's the thing that yeah. scares me How's the most. How's he going to play? Is this where is he going to play? Right. If, if him and Shogo Akiyama are kind of splitting time in center field, Nick Senzel is, is a right-handed bat. Akiyama is a lefty. That means Akiyama's going to be playing the majority of the time against righties. I also think the Reds made this move with an eye toward 2021 where the rumor is the DH will be around in the National League. So you get an extra outfielder, fine. They can put Moose at DH. They can put Cassianos sure. at DH, whatever they want to Absol- do there. Absolutely. Yep. And they could also put Aristides Aquino, Aristides Aquino at DH. And he's a name what? that burst on the scene late last year, won many people fantasy baseball leagues, those that picked him up. He was the prospect we were all waiting for. His year was spectacular last season, and he's a name that feels almost written off in 2020. The ADP doesn't say that, though. It just feels like, that way. It feels that way. You haven't heard his name yeah. like thrown around all that much, but he has a 159 ADP, so that's not nothing. But it's not where like I thought he would go after, what, 20 home runs in the second half of the year. Yeah, it seemed like as soon as the season ended... You know, the drafts that were happening right there as the season ends, like just early mock drafts, right? He's going like the seventh, eighth round right. range. And now you're getting him later than that. Double. The problem is, you can just draft Chris Davis with a K 20 picks later. And he's someone that we've seen do it for so long. So if you ask me, give me the discount on Chris Davis, I'm not going to own any Aristides Aquino. But it doesn't cost you anything either. Both of these guys make sense. 20 picks is only a round or two. I don't know. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Behind it. All right. Back here with you, BFFs. 
And remember, it's time to get in the game with the DraftKings Sportsbook. Listeners of this show can get a deposit bonus of up to 500 bucks. Here's how it works. Create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, make a deposit, place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it with a 50% bonus of up to $500. The offer is eligible to all users. New users will get a risk-free bet of up to 200 bucks. Go to dra- sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. Sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. And if you have a gambling problem, call 800-GAMBLER. 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. All righty then, Frank. We talk about Aristides Aquino uh, as we head into break. So last year, he played 56 games. So he's closer to the 50 that Senzo played. He had 19 home runs in those 56 games. That seems good. He also stole seven bases in those 56 games. That also seems pretty good. Now, the negative is he's going to be 26 years old already. He's, not like a, he's been in the minors since 2011 as a 17-year-old. First run to the scene last year, and then September, it really go his way. Seems that pitchers caught up to him a bit, not unlike Jordan Alvarez in the playoffs, for the record. But, Aristides Aquino, what did you say, going 159 right now? Yes. That's really late, man. You're talking about, like, the, what, 14th round? But you know who else you can get in that range. Fine, right? you can get Chris Davis, but, like... No. Willie Calhoun. Oh, no. We're doing I this mean, again. Come on, Greg. We're back. Willie Calhoun. We're back. You want to talk about someone who actually has prospect pedigree, Greg? It stinks. He does not stink. He was great last year great. when he played. Great. He was great. Great? He was great. I can't say great. He was injured for a, a month or two. I mean, that's not his fault. It is, actually. Uh, Aristides Aquino played, what, 56 games like you mentioned? That's not his fault. He was a cold Oh, All right. Okay. Well, then whose fault is that? Uh, the Reds. Don't do this. I- <laughs> like, we have done the Willie Calhoun thing now two years in a row. He's finally going to play every day, Greg. Oh, you said that to me the last two years, Frank. It's not my fault that the Rangers don't know what they're doing. <laughs> uh, but why do they know now? So how do you have any confidence that the Reds are going to know what they're doing this year I and they're going to play uh, Aracidis Aquino as much as you need him to play? I, I have no idea. Like, I will bet you $100. I, I don't bet money. Probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> uh, I will bet you $100 that Willie Calhoun has more plate appearances than Aristides Aquino this year. I hope so, man, for, for Big Willie. Yeah, so look, he's going in a similar range as Aristides Aquino. damn fan just doesn't load. I'm sorry, but, well, you, you can look at mine if you want. It's something right, yeah. running. Oh, it's, uh, it, it loaded. Well, Willie Calhoun, just 25 years old. Like, oh, you so know, going age. in a similar range, better batting average. I still think the power is there for, for Willie Calhoun. Makes a ton of contact. But, look, getting back to Aristides Aquino, what he did last year, Greg, it was awesome. Awesome nickname as well, the Punisher, uh, day in and day out, hitting bombs. But he did slow down tremendously in the month of (laughs) September, Greg. In August, 14 home runs and OPS over 1,100. Yeah, awesome month. He took the league by storm. Let's go. September, Uh five home runs. Not bad. Not bad, actually. Okay. 618 OPS. (laughs) What's the average there, Frank? Uh, I don't have the average written down in front of me, but I do have the 618 OPS, so it drops by 500 points here. Look at the splits. Uh, And then the fly ball rate. Drops by 8%. The strikeouts go up by 8%. Oh, that's fair. It's no big deal. So, strikeout rate goes up to around 30% for Aquino. You're right. It seemed like people started to figure him out. And In September last season, uh, the average... It was under 200. Are you sure about that? I am 100% sure about that. Uh, so, the answer was 196. That is under 200. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and you almost wonder if last year was a product of the juice ball, right, for Aristides Aquino, because they had the juice ball in the minor leagues as well, and you know he never had 
uh, a season like this at any minor league level. I believe he never had more than 23 or 26 home runs in a minor league season. Uh, and then last year goes out and has 28 home runs in AAA in just 78 games. So this is someone who hit 47 home runs, Greg, in 134 games in AAA and the MLB legit, combined. So legit power. I understand. Like the power upside is tantalizing here. But again, you worry about the playing time. As of now, uh, Roster Resource does have Aristides Aquino as an everyday player in right field, uh, and Akiyama as a platoon bat in center, uh, kind of being worked in with Philip Irvin, with Jesse Winker kind of as like the fill-in substitution, uh, maybe late-inning pinch hitter. Yeah. Like not even really in the rotation here. Right. So... I, I do have some question marks still, like because it wouldn't surprise me if you know they try and get Jesse Winker in there once or twice a week, and they sit down Aristides Aquino. That wouldn't surprise me. Sure, uh, and he had really bad home road splits. He was awesome at home last year. Great hitters ballpark again. Great American ballpark. Yeah, but he was terrible on the road. So I think there are enough question marks with me regarding Aristides Aquino that uh, I will pass on him. And in that range, I'll look for someone like Kyle Tucker's going ten or fifteen picks earlier. Give me a shot on Kyle Tucker. Willie Calhoun's going 10 picks later. Give me Willie Calhoun. Or, you know, again, if you want someone who's going to hit 240 to 250 and give you 40 home runs, just draft Chris Davis. Sure. He's going 20 picks later. It's not that much later. It's a rounder. He shouldn't be going later than Eric Sakino at all. Should be going ahead of him. I agree. I agree. So if we're just, you know, comparing in terms of, you know, ADP right now, where the values lie, Chris Davis is one of those. Tell me what you know about Shogo. So Shogo... Akiyama, um, the past five seasons, the past three seasons in Japan, 20-plus home runs, the past five seasons, uh, 12-plus stolen bases. So it does have a little bit of a power-speed component here, Greg. In his career in Japan, 301, 376, 454 triple slash. Uh, he is known as a solid defender. He's going to be in the lineup playing center field. I think he's probably the best defensive outfielder that they have on this team right now based on everything that I read. He will turn 32 years old in April. Yep. He played nine seasons in Japan. They really like his eye at the plate. Solid OBP. Uh, and not surprising, but he has been compared to someone like Shinsu Chu, someone who has a solid OBP, good eye at the plate, uh, and has a little bit of a power speed component. I think you know a fair projection is 18 to 20 home runs and around 10 to 12 stolen bases for Akiyama this year, getting on base at maybe like a 350 clip, hitting you know 260 to 270. I'm actually kind of interested in him. He's going 264, so he's going very, very late in drafts. And if you're telling me he's leading off uh, with Joey Votto, Eugenio Suarez, Mike Moustakis, and Nick Castellanos hitting behind him sure. most days for the Cincinnati Reds, he's probably going to give you 80-plus runs scored. And again, he's going outside the top 260 picks in ADP, so... I'm I'm pretty interested in Shogo Akiyama. Yeah, I I think you should be given almost like just where he's in that lineup in a really good ballpark, as you mentioned, a, a table setter of sorts. Now, I you know me, I like the Japanese pitchers a lot more than I like the Japanese hitters because I think they confuse the they, they confuse the batters. Now, some people come take the lead by a storm like an Ichiro. I don't know what Shogo's going to do. I, I think he's the one I'm scared about the most in this regard. I think, but he's also going the latest. Correct. So, so the there's risk is not. The yeah, risk there's is, no risk at all. I think he's interesting. What does it cost me in an auction, Frank? Akiyama? You'll get him for under five bucks. I'm interested. Yeah. So I think you'll get him I'm for interested. probably not a buck, but I think maybe two, three. 
two, three bucks for Akiyama this year. I'm interested. And uh, Trent Rosencrantz of the Athletic of the, the Athletic put this out yesterday, basically trying to figure out how everyone fits in. Yeah, uh, oh, and good. he highlighted the sure. he highlighted the splits of Akiyama in 2019 okay. while playing in Japan. Yes. So versus righties. 308, 392, 494. And against lefties, 294, 393, 426. It's pretty. So he held his own against lefties. Sure did. Yeah. Mind you, in Japan, it's going to be probably a bit of a transition here for, uh, for Shogo Akiyama, but he handled himself against left handed pitching. You got to imagine he signed with the Reds being told he was going to play. Right? Like yeah. He could have said anywhere. And it wasn't an insignificant contract. Like, it's not a massive contract by any means. It's not nothing. But it's not nothing. It's close to starter. Money that he received. So I got to, uh, I, I have to imagine that, um, that he's going to play every day and Castellanos is going to play every day. Maybe he'll sit against lefties, but the question is for who? Who's going to play in center field? Maybe Senzel. Sure. Well, Winker is a terrible fielder, too. They're not going to put him Do you in center. Is Jesse Winker at all? Yeah, I mean, we can, we can mention Jesse Winker. I mean, he's part of this outfield mix that we're, you know, trying to figure out right now, the playing time. Uh, and when it comes to Shogo Akiyama, he signed three years, $21 million with the uh, with the Cincinnati Reds. It's not, certainly not nothing. That's, not a, nothing. that's an investment. Yeah. Absolutely. For a Especially team with, that typically doesn't spend all that much money, they they have this offseason. As you want to note, I believe Aquino has an option left. He does have an option. So he yep. has an option left. That's of note. I'm sure Senzel has an option left. I don't think Jesse... That's why there's too much I don't think Jesse Winker unknown. does, actually. There's too much unknown when it comes to Aquino for me going in that range. Just... Guys that I know yeah. are going to play every day. Guys that it. also have upside. The Chris Davises, the Kyle Tuckers, the Willie Calhouns. Like, I know that those guys are going to play, at least with Tucker, we hope. If they play Josh Reddick over Tucker. Actually, you know, might as well mention, a lot of rumors about Dusty Baker going to Houston. Let's get to that, yeah. Dusty Baker doesn't like young players. No, he does not. So does that mean maybe Josh Reddick is going to play more? Well, I've been trying to tell you that for a while. Then Kyle Tucker. Josh yeah. Reddick played last year. But Kyle Tucker was great in September. I get it. And again, October, but. that prospect pedigree and that power to combination. It doesn't matter to Dusty. It, it doesn't. It certainly doesn't. Uh, hey, you, you, thought, Winker. you thought Justin Verlander threw a lot of pitches in Detroit. Wait until Dusty Baker's got <laughs> We're looking at 130 pitches a night. Uh, he does it already. He'll get 150. <laughs> Dusty Baker is Justin never. Justin Verlander's arm is going to fall off. He is never pulling Justin Verlander from a game. Uh, Jesse Winker does have two minor league options left, Greg. Winker does two? Winker has two. So Winker has options, Aquino has options, Senzel has options as well. To me, I think Castellanos and Akiyama are the guys that are going to play every day. And then that leaves you mostly every day. And then I think that leaves you with one outfield spot remaining for three talented players. In Senzel, Winker, and Aquino. Right. And all three have minor league options. So that's why it's hard to invest in, in these guys right now. It's so interesting because you have Moose, who they spent a lot of money on to play second base. You have I, I, who I love, by the way. I love this. I love Moose. You have Eugenio Suarez at thirty, a great year last year, obviously overvalued in my opinion. Thirty, a great year last year. He did. He had forty nine home runs. But... So many home runs. It's a lot of home runs. It, it, it is a lot of home runs. That is a factual statement. Thank you. But Deuce Ball probably gone. Probably comes Maybe back down gone. to, to 35 to 40 home runs. That's a lot of what's, home runs. What's the difference between Suarez and Mustakis, Greg? How much? How many picks? Mustakis, you get 40 picks. How many picks? That, that's that's, that's why I like Mustakis. Johnny Wincott joins us next here on the BFFs.
can't get enough. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, now we're having some YouTube issues, but uh, we'll get those handled at some point in the next two weeks. <laughs> be honest. I appreciate your honesty more than anyone, Greg. I know you do, Frank. He's Frank Stample. I'm Greg Sussman. We're joined by Johnny Winkow. What's up, Johnny? Thanks for having me, boys. You got it, man. That's your camera. There so we are. Just How's look it going? Hey, how are you? you know, Greg said, come on with the BFF. Said, bang the garbage twice if you want to talk some baseball. So, bang, bang. No, it hurts my ears when you bang, bang. Sorry. So, <laughs> bang, bang. I'm not going to know what the, the, the player we're talking about is if you bang. Yeah, just so you're only allowed to actually use that if you're a Yankee fan. So this will actually determine whether or not you can stay on the show for the next 15 minutes or so. This works. I believe the pinstripes, so we're good. All Let's right, go. Let's go. Let's go. All right, um, Johnny, we've been talking about the Cincinnati Reds yes. a lot, and what we've spent the well most of the show doing is trying to figure out this outfield, this team in general. And there's like five guys we've been talking about: who guys who have options and whatnot. How do you see the Cincinnati Reds? Outfield playing out just playing time wise. Well, first off, this is probably a good problem to have, right? If you're a manager, too many. Well, not for us. We're, we're trying to we're trying to play fantasy baseball, so it's terrible. <laughs> we need us. at bats. We need playing time. Too much talent always a good thing. I guess not for fantasy sports. Uh, Nick Castellanos, as you mentioned, is a guy who's going to be playing every single day. Aristides Aquino, based on what he did in his first season, maybe not hitting as many home runs as he did when he first got to the bigs, but you'd have to think that'll probably be your other everyday guy. And then between Akayama, Winker, and Senzel. I think you maybe kind of go based on how they start the season. I mean, Akiyama, you've seen plenty of other Japanese guys come over and their game translates very well to the major league game. But you've also seen plenty of other guys that come from Japan who have great numbers and it doesn't translate very well to the American game. So I think you kind of got to wait and see with Akiyama. But again, the luxury of the Reds is you've got backup. You've got a guy in Jesse Winker who has played significant playing time and a guy, Nick Senzel, who they're very high on as Maybe one of the best young players in baseball, at least they're hoping he is. All right, Greg, so you're the tiebreaker here. I seem, <laughs> I seem to be on the side that I, I think Akiyama probably has the most solidified playing time. Uh, and it seems like Johnny thinks that Aquino is that other player that's going to have uh, the most consistent playing time outside of Nick Cassiano. So where do you kind of lie on both Akiyama and Aquino? Greg, I follow the money. You know that about <laughs> me. Where, wherever the money goes, especially for some of these smaller market teams, if they pay you, you're going to play. Shogo is going to play. It's cooler. It's a cooler name than go with his last name. Shogo is. I mean, look, the Punisher as a nickname is great. No, I'm not talking about the Punisher. The Punisher's <laughs> fantastic. But in regards to Shogo, like he's going to play with a given twenty one million dollars when you're not a team like the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers that can afford to do so. I, I'm sure Bob Castellani has money, but like, not like Steinbrenner money. Yeah, we've never seen the Reds spend like this. Again, like this is a record offseason for them. Uh, Johnny, I want to ask you, with Nixon Zell, you know, if the plan for him isn't to play every oh, quick question. Is Michael Lorenzo going to play the outfield? Is that a thing still? It's a possibility. Yeah. I think they're going to get him in the lineup any way they can. Yeah. So, there's another name. DH is well coming. They, ah, they got this ready. They're what thinking is he about eligible this. at in fantasy They can base. have him play DH. In, fa- in fantasy baseball. He's, not, he's not utility eligible yet, but he can mash a little bit. So, maybe the relief pitcher version of a Shohei Otani that is uh, Michael Lorenzen? In case you were wondering, he was going uh, pick 426 right now. He's around. <laughs> Not name. really on my radar. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's, there's some names down here I like. You got Jake Junis is down here. Oh, goodness my, gracious. My man. My boy Matt Shoemaker is down here. 
right, Greg. I'm going to leave you to continue looking at players outside the top uh, let 100. Let me keep going. Let me keep going. No, 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 no. Dan Vogelbach? Like, oh, God. Dude, now we're Vogelbach. Talking. Now we're talking. Jason Hayward? Nick Pavetta? Brandon Belt? Is that is it a little low for Vogelbach? He's yeah. about last year, right? Dinger City. Just look at this. Well, Dinger the, Danny. The thing with Vogelbach is uh, they just signed one of their prospects to yeah, one of those know, contracts that where I he's saw. never played a single game in the in the majors. So mm. I believe he is. Gonna I don't have the wait first right there. Wado was good last year. Evan White at first base for the uh, for the Seattle Mariners. No, like Sounds like the name of a wrestler. Is that the name of a wrestler? No. Evan White. Wait. Do you know who's a four thirty four, Frank? Vogelbach. They have DHing right now. Do you know who's a four thirty four? You cannot believe this guy is so low. He has been, he was on your team. One of my guys. All year last year. Oh, he's one of your guys. Literally, I'm not even kidding. Yes. 434 is where his average. Hit me. You ready to guess? You don't want to guess it? No, I'm not guessing. He was on your team as a pitcher all year last year. He's your guy. Jose Quintana. He's going at 434. <laughs> I mean, he was really bad. No. Uh, on my team all year, all year long. Uh, almost all of your teams. Mm, oh, I'm blanking out right now. Hit me. You ready? No! Spencer Turnbull. <laughs> All right, he was a nice little flash in the pan. I think we're over Spencer Turnbull, though. I learned my lesson, unfortunately. Uh, you know, the second half of the year, he was not on my team. <laughs> he was not on our team, by the way, because the first half... He was on all the teams. Second half, not so much. Johnny, I wanted to ask you your thoughts on uh, Nick Senzel. If he's not in the plans to play every single day, he's coming off a torn labrum surgery that he, that he had in September. Uh, there is some speculation he might not be ready for the start of the season. Is this someone that they're looking to sell because he has been the subject of trade rumors, uh, potentially in a package built for Francisco Lindor? Well, I think if you can get a guy like Frankie Lindor, they'd be more willing to, to sell off Senzel. But it's also a guy that came into the league as maybe one of, if not the top prospects. So I think that they're going to give this guy a little bit of time, especially coming off of an injury. So like you mentioned, there is not a whole lot of room for Senzel, but sometimes... That sort of uh, gets a guy a little push in the pants to try and earn his keep, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, the, the Senzel thing is so weird to me. And I was saying you know, earlier, John, I'll get your take on it. Like, he's the top, one of the top prospects in all baseball. And now we're done with him. And that's it. 50 games, Aquino goes off. So I don't think the Reds are done with him. I think they're no, just you worried. done. No, I didn't, on the wall. no, I didn't say it's that. All sample size. I didn't say that they're done with him. Greg. Yeah, the I said on the based wall. on everything that they've done, you worry about it a little bit. I don't think that they're just done with him. But I think they're seriously. I think they're more worried about the injury than anything else. The fact that he couldn't finish his first season. The fact that he was hurt throughout his minor league career. He's been hurt at pretty much every level. So, yes, he has that prospect pedigree, and I, I think the talent is there. The upside is still there. But it also wouldn't surprise me, like, how often do we see teams just kind of, like, throw in the towel on these prospects way too soon? They resurface with another team, and they end up, you know, reestablishing themselves. Look at J.D. Martinez, right? J.D. Martinez had the prospect pedigree, didn't work out with the Astros. They give up on him. He goes to the Tigers, where he gets an opportunity to play every single day. Well, he totally revamped his swing. And he ends well, it up, wasn't just about playing time. He yeah. revamped no, everything. No, he revamped everything. And look, I think Senzel has talent. He showed us that last year. 12 home runs, 14 stolen bases. I am with you. But, again... Like, based on the moves that the Reds made, I think that they're worried about his health more than anything else. Johnny, let me ask you this. Getting away from the Reds for a yep. moment. Do you think, where does Mookie Betts play on opening day? Fenway Pack. Fenway Pack. Fenway Pack. Fenway Pack. In town. Do you believe there is smoke to these rumors in regards to San Diego, L.A., whatnot? I certainly think they're credible and uh, have some steam. But I don't know. I just can't really picture the Red Sox parting ways with Mookie Betts. Where do they go from there, you know? You get rid of Mookie Betts, I'm sure you get a, a boatload of prospects, a Red Sox team that's already reeling without their manager. Uh, where do you go from there? 
It's, it'd be a very interesting time in the Red Sox uh, franchise because they've always seemed to be the, the competition with the New York Yankees. There's no more Astros, really, with their manager. The Red Sox get hit with their manager. So if you're looking from a Yankees perspective, uh, you get rid of the two, got the two competitive teams that are, that are looking their way most of the year. So I don't know about the Red Sox. Get rid of Mookie Betts. Ted Rosenthal wrote an interesting piece on this this week. You just, I don't know if you saw it. But I haven't seen it. No. You wrote a piece on it that was like, hey, I called the Red Sox like idiots for trading away Mookie Betts. But... You know, under the luxury tax one year, then you go bigger back up. You think this window, like right now, this year, it's not really open and you can restock. And the thing is, Mookie Betts leaves. You're not planning on re-signing him. You need to trade him. You have to. And you can get a guy like Mackenzie Gore, for instance, from San Diego. That's a game changer, right? Like that changes everything with the organization. We know what all the prospects the Dodgers have. Maybe it's not so crazy. Like I understand, I understand, um, it's the Red Sox. You should never be rebuilding. Kind of like the Yankees. The Yankees got really, really lucky with their relievers that they were able to get guys like Glaber. But it can be a quick rebuild. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But in terms of the, the players that they receive in return for Mookie Betts, because everything that I've seen rumored is they can, they'll take back some players that have major league talent. Like they would take back the contract of Will Myers. Yep. And he can play in the majors. Like we've seen it before. He's not a good defensive player, but Will Myers, when he's on Greg, he can, mash. He can be he one can of the mash. better offensive players in baseball. You're absolutely right. So but- if you can get him and some prospects, I don't know if they can actually get Gore, but if you can get I don't, I mean. a, a Josh Naylor or a, or a Taylor Trammell who they traded for last year, sure. Or, you know, get Manuel Margot back. Cause remember originally they traded Margot mm-hmm. from the Red Sox mm-hmm. to the Padres. Sure. And kind of give him an opportunity to kind of revitalize his career, right? There's still enough young players there where you can kind of rebuild, retool, and kind of do so in a quick way. Again, if you don't plan on re-signing Mookie Betts. Because as of now, it doesn't look like they're going to do that. Everything that we've heard is the two sides are way off in terms of a contract. Johnny, if you're the Red Sox... And I know you think he's going to stay in Boston, but if you're the Red Sox, how do you sell that to your fans? We can't re-sign our best player. I know the Yankees did it with Cano, but then they went out and spent a crap load of money on Jacoby Ellsbury. Um, how do you, if you're the Red Sox, do that? You're the freaking Red Sox. There's only one rationale where you can get away with that if you're the front office, and it's simple, and that's winning. Fans only forget things like that if you, if you win games. So you get rid of Mookie Betts, I'm sure it's not going to be a happy Boston uh, franchise. The Red Sox fans are smart fans. They, they understand if he needs to be dealt that it has to happen. But uh, they don't re-sign their best player if he doesn't get traded as well. You win games, people forget about things like that. Frank, I'll throw this at you. You're a, bet- you're a betting man. <laughs> right now, the Red Sox win total obviously includes Mookie Betts. Would you hammer this under? thinking, oh, well, if he's not there, it'd probably be pretty w- much worse. Yeah, so I don't see it on the board right now over at the FanDuel Sportsbook, and I'll pull up the DraftKings Sportsbook to see, but I, I think based on uh, Alex rumors. Cora being out of town and, and sure. the fact that many question marks. You know, there, are, there are trade rumors regarding Mookie Betts that it's currently not on the board. Last time I saw it, I believe it was at 88 and a half, and even at that number, I would have been hammering the under because personally, I don't think that Mookie Betts is going to be on the roster on opening day. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Red Sox try to do a quick one-year rebuild, get under the luxury tax for this year, maybe spend again next offseason, not on like a Mookie Betts type player, obviously, because then they could have just re-signed him, but they can kind of like retool the team. And I still think there's enough there. There's a lot of talent on this Red Sox team where... You know, one year where they try to retool, uh, I think that that could be enough time and, and then try and pick it up again next year. But for this upcoming season, the last number I saw was 88 and a half, and I would have been hammering the under on that uh, because the Yankees only got better. The Yankees won over 100 games last year, and they got Garrett Cole. 
Tampa Bay is not going anywhere. Sure. They have one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. They're a Tommy fan. Blake Snell and Charlie Morton. They're a Tommy fan. Yeah, but they brought in a hodgepodge of outfielders that, and, and first basemen and DHs that the but Tampa they Bay always do. are going to find ways to make work with Jose Martinez and Hunter Renfro. And they, they signed a Japanese player as well in uh, Tsutsugo. So the Rays are going to be up there. I think this is kind of one of those seasons where the, the Red Sox take a back seat, and it's not unheard of. We've seen that before, right? Where it was they won the World Series and then the next year they were in last place. So it's not completely out of the realm of possibility for Boston to do that. Who do you think Boston's manager is going to be, Johnny? Oh, man. <sighs> not Dusty Baker. Thanks. Start a three on the spot. Yeah, the thing is, we haven't really heard any rumored names either. There hasn't been anything. There's still, you know, that group of four or five managers that, you know, you had the collection of teams that were looking for managers, and it's still that same relative group. Dusty Baker, really, the only guy who's gone. So, I don't know, you make a good point that none of the managers have been specifically linked to the Red Sox during this whole thing. Maybe that that means that they they have their guy and they're keeping it quiet until it's time to. Why do that? I, I don't know. You know, that's what's so weird to me. It's that maybe they don't want the cheating Astros to come in and swoop in and <laughs> steal away their uh, steal away their manager candidate. Because they don't. Because like Heim Bloom doesn't seem like a guy that's going to bring in Dusty Baker. Mm-mm. Doesn't seem like he's going to bring in John Gibbons. Some of these like old schooly managers yeah. like Buck Showalter. No, doesn't seem like it, right? Like he's going to go with some like young bullpen coach, some young bench coach, something like that. And I was watching MLB Network the other day, and they said that they can see. Heading into spring training, pitchers and catchers right around the corner here in mid-February without a manager. Really? They said that. How could they do that? I don't know how you can justify it, and that's, that's basically what the whole MLB network <laughs> that's was, the whole about. was about. But that was something that Bloom was on record saying that he could see them heading into spring training without a manager, which is just unheard of. Are we bringing back player coaches now? Can we do maybe that? Jason, maybe Jason Baratek. Maybe the Mookie guy. Betts doesn't get traded. He actually gets elevated, and he's now a player manager. All right, let's take a break. Three questions, three minutes for Johnny and Frankie. We wrap up next. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Final three minutes here on the program. Frank Stample, Johnny Wingott joining us here in studio. We'll do three questions in three minutes. All right. We'll go to Johnny first because I know Frank's answer here. How good will Trevor Bauer be in 2020? Elite. 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 He got all the, the bad pitching in Cincinnati out of the way last year. I think that's maybe the adjustment period for Trevor Bauer. Uh, he's a legit pitcher. I think he's got a little chip on his shoulder, too, with the whole Astros stealing sign saga. He was a big part of that on Twitter. Uh, I like Trevor Bauer. And, you know, a team gets better. Cincinnati brings in all these players. They use all that money. It tends to elevate everybody else in the room. Frank. I thought I liked you, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> all right, question two to you, Frank. Other than Trevor Bauer, who name the one pitcher you want most on Cincinnati. Two minutes. Sonny Gray. Yankee I mean, based, there, huh? based on his average draft position, right? So, look, in a vacuum, I would say Luis Castillo. But Luis Castillo is a third-round pick this year, so you have to pay the price. Uh, and he was great last season. But I think Sonny Gray getting out of Yankee Stadium, away from the Yankees, we all kind of knew that that was going to happen, right? 
change of scenery. He was going to pitch better. The breaking pitches were phenomenal last year. Uh, and now you're getting Sonny Gray in the middle rounds as like an SP3. Yeah, he's probably the Reds pitcher I, I would target most outside of Luis Castillo. Yep. Luis Castillo is the one that, of course, didn't come to mind at first. But yes, Luis Castillo, Trevor Bauer, both those guys. No, 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 no. No, no Trevor Bauer. No Trevor Bauer. No. Not going to do Luis it. Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray, yeah. Trevor yeah. Bauer. No. All right. Uh, question number three goes to Johnny. Johnny, the Yankees' win total right now is 103. Is that correct, Frank? I will uh, we'll call it 103. Yankees' win total, I believe, is 103. Over or under Yankees' win total right now? It's 101 and a half. 101 and a half. Excuse me. We'll Let's it down go for you. over for similar reasons that we we're talking about before, right? Your two biggest competitors, and again, this might be more for the playoffs, but your two biggest competitors as a Yankee supporter most of the time, the Boston Red Sox and the Houston Astros, at least over the last few years. And those are two teams, first time in a long time, are kind of going through some turmoil. It's a Yankee team that you thought was great last year. Now they pluck maybe the best pitcher in Major League Baseball to be their number one guy. So if you're a Yankee fan, you'd have to think they're going to win more games than last year. I think they could hit that mark. All right, there you go, Johnny. We appreciate you joining us here today. Come back anytime, any time, man. Right. Frank Staffel, Johnny Wake Up. I am Greg Sussman. Wager Talks up next. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We, we hope. hope.